with Love Podcast. I'm your host, George Wacker. Welcome to 2022. We're looking forward to continuing to tell the stories of the Lehigh Valley, and we think you'll enjoy what we have in store this year. First up, I'd like to welcome on former NFL running back, one of the best running backs in college football history at Boston College, finishing his career fifth all-time in most yards rush in a single season with 2,177. He was a Heisman finalist, a Parkland High School graduate, and now a local business owner with a really interesting concept, Mr. Andre Williams. Andre is the owner of A.W. Selvage, a high-end denim retailer located at the Promenade Shops in Saucon Valley. We talk about how he continues to use the tenacity that made him a successful athlete, successful in his new endeavors. We also talk about why the Lehigh Valley and exactly what goes into choosing the best quality denim along with some of his other interests. Thank you to our sponsors, ArtsQuest, Michael Bernadine with Howard Schaefer and Associates, and Molly's Irish Grill and Sports Pub in South Bethlehem. Check out links in our show notes for all the links to them. If you'd like to get involved with us or partner up, send us a message. There's a lot of ways to get involved with us uh, or to reach out to us. You can see them there. And uh, yeah, let's get this thing started. 2022, welcome Andre Williams. And I'm definitely going to have some denim questions. I've been watching some of these videos uh, that you have on here. So, introduction first off, I'd like to welcome former NFL running back, one of the best running backs in college football history at Boston, uh, finishing fifth all-time in most yards rushing in a single season, a Heisman finalist, a Parkland High School graduate, and now, most importantly, a local business owner in the Lehigh Valley. Andre Williams, thank you so much for taking some time out today to chat with us. Thank you so much for having me on the show, George. It is a pleasure. Um, did I miss anything there? I know that you're a guy who has his hands in a lot of stuff. I mean, <laughs> how, how's it been for you opening up a business here in the Lehigh Valley? I mean, you did pick a, a kind of a tough time during COVID, but so far so good. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I think that the the times where there is a lot of chaos, a lot of dust in the air is the time where there is the most opportunity for those that can sense it. I always, uh, I, I use the the Forrest Gump analogy. I love that movie and I love the part of the movie when, um, you know, Bubba and Forrest were gonna do Bubba Gump shrimp. Right. And so even though Bubba was gone, him and Lieutenant Dan, they teamed up and they bought their boat and they hopped in the water and they started fishing and they couldn't catch any fish. But then the big storm happened and it knocked everybody out the water. And, you know, that's that was that was uh, Bubba Gump Shrimp's moment. That's when they when they blew up. That was the beginning of their rise. So I feel like this is that moment for me in the retail space. It's, it's a big storm going on. So um, I, I do believe I'm strong enough to weather the storm. I do believe that I have a product that is uh, unique and that is uh, needed in the market. So um, I'm excited. Well, it's not shrimp, but yeah. it, is, it is denim and it's unique. And, and that's, I really want to get into what makes what you do with denim different than when somebody just thinks like Levi jeans, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about how this became your passion? How did you get involved in denim itself? Um, so when I was, uh, when I was playing ball and I'm going to take this off the thing so I could walk and talk sure. and show you some things. Yeah, and I'm please. actually, um, I'm, I'm going to make sure we have our time. I'm going to put my son on be right back. All right. Um, all right. So when I was when I was playing ball in, in the league and I was in New York and I had a marketing agent and my marketing agent introduced me to somebody named Eamon Walsh. And Eamon was uh, he has a brand called One Ground Footwear that was just getting started at the time. And Eamon was like, hey, man, you're you're a running back in the NFL. I could I could extend my creative faculties to you and um, help you build something, help you make a shoe and we could release together. So, right. you know, me being a running back in the NFL, I thought that would be super cool to have a signature shoe. So he had uh, a designer uh, that used to work for Nike. Um, he had connections to where 
um, he had a, a, a factory in Spain that he was dealing with. And he was like, this is the same factory that is building uh, Balenciaga shoes. So we're not really making just some $40 shoes. Right. We're going to make something nice. And um, so I, you know, went through the process of working with the designer. And um, this is what I came up with. This is the Running Man Red Herring. So it's an ultra low top uh, leather shoe. Scott, you know lambskin interior 100 percent rubber sole and you see the way i built it I, I took uh inspiration from um i took inspiration from vans from pf flyers and uh and chuck taylor's but just up the level of the material to make something that was uh you know a, a classic silhouette but just just a little bit level higher and, and, and did so you want to go that more like because that's you know it's an athletic, athletic shoe but that's more like a, a a designer shoe you're gonna wear that out yeah. did you, yeah. you want to go more that style too yeah I, I was thinking more so uh, uh, not really athletic more like a young professional look all right you know um so well, i made the shoe and it was great it was lovely beautiful but then now it's 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 there's the artist on the left and then there's the salesman on the right so that sure. what I, that's what i was just figuring out is you know you can make the art but if no one's there to consume it or wants to consume it or even needs it then what's going to happen you know right, um, so i realized the market doesn't necessarily need a new shoe you know as great as it, as i thought it was it wasn't needed but then i got to thinking um it, it opened doors i started meeting people in the fashion world and i actually impressed the brand developer and you know that first time i met him we sat and had this three-hour conversation and he gave me so much information in that three hours that i realized that that information he gave me i paid for it over the course of six to eight months making the shoe okay so um he really just got my brain flipping and flopping and I didn't sleep that night. And uh, we were talking, but he asked me, why did you make the shoe? And I'm like, cause it was cool, you know, but that's not, <laughs> that's not really a, a, a marketable right. reason, you mm -hmm. know? So then I'm like, all right, I need, I need a, a niche. I need a, a, a space that I can, uh, that I can fill. And then I, I'm like, I don't wear jeans because there's no fit for me. I ripped my pants one too many times. I like to have a more slim fitting fit, but something that's got to fit my thighs. You know, I yeah. need an athletic fit. And, um, you know, when, when I said that to the brand developer, he said, now you're on to something, you know, there is no, there is no real athletic fit. And, um, this is somebody that's been in the industry for 30 years. He's, he's made, uh, He's worked with any brand you can think of, you know, um, Polo, were, you still, were, you still, were you still playing at the time that you were having these types of meetings? Yeah, this yeah, was okay. 2015. I made the shoe and then 2016 is when I got into the denim. So that was yeah, right. right before my, uh, second year or right after my, my second year somewhere. in it was, it was the, it was the okay. spring of, of 2016. Um, so I was just about to start my third year when I got into the denim. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, so then he's like, well, to do denim, th th there's, and you talked about Levi. So sure. Yeah. Levi, uh, Levi Strauss, he actually patented salvage denim fabric. And that was in 18. What does that mean? What does salvage denim mean for somebody like me? who's like, I just know denim. Yeah. What is that like a different style or it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a higher quality fabric. So salvage denim. And I don't know if I could turn this, this camera around somehow. Nope. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure how to do it. Well, I, but can I can, even, I can bring it around up like this. So you see this right oh, here. Oh yeah. Yeah. When okay. This is, this is a shuttle loom. So when Levi Strauss first started making jeans, he was making all of it on these shuttle looms. And so what's special about the shuttle loom is it, it because it's small, you, you use one continuous, uh cross yarn or weft yarn okay. you have your warp yarns that go this way you got your cross yarns that go this way and so one continuous cross yarn you have this durable piece of fabric so this right here 
this is the length of the fabric. It's not that wide, so you can't make a ton of jeans from it. And let me turn it away from the light so you can mm -hmm. see it better. Can't make a ton of jeans from it, but it, it is a very durable and exquisite fabric. So somebody that is building the jeans on this shuttle loom is like somebody that drives stick, as opposed okay. to what we deal with now. A projectile loom makes uh, a wide width fabric. So it's just your regular, degular. Just denim some guy fabric. driving a Kia, right. Yeah, he's driving automatic because now the projectile loom is from this wall to that wall. You get a, a length of fabric that could be up to 70 plus inches wide. So you could cut a whole lot of jeans from it, but you lose the quality because now instead of that one continuous cross yarn, you have individual unconnected strands, you know, so it just doesn't hold together the same. And, and then, you know, now people... You're not going to find a lot of jeans that's 100 percent cotton anymore. You know, okay. they put the spandex in there. Just, so right, right. once you have the spandex, the fabric actually, even though it can stretch, it, it loses a lot of strength. So now the strength of the fabric is low. It's not held together the same so it, the durability is just way down. So after a year, your jeans, they didn't wear in, they wore out. Right. You know, and they don't they don't look good anymore. So you come up with these ideas or you get introduced to this world, like high quality yeah. denim. What are yeah. your next steps? Did you start thinking like I, I wanna have a retail space or were you thinking I wanna oh, nah. get I designers? Still, like what? <laughs> I was still <laughs> trying to find that balance between artists and salesmen. You know, I'd love to make to create something that is uh that is great something that is is good for you you know but um i also have to figure out all right how am i gonna sell it you know and um in the beginning i was just making so i i <laughs> i had my signing bonus and i you know i did what everybody told me to do i i i, I gave it to a financial advisor and you know, I invested in the stock market and never really felt comfortable with it. I felt uneasy about it, but that's what, that's all I knew how to do. But then when this opportunity came up and I'm talking to this brand developer, he's like, look, you put down this certain amount of money here, you're going to be able to uh, buy enough fabric to do a production order for uh, 2,000 pairs of jeans. Okay. It's going to cost you... Uh, you know, depending on what you want to do, somewhere between $120,000, $200,000. You want to do it? I took probably like two days and then I just did it. This was 10 days after meeting um, my developer. I just okay. did it. I just. That, I mean, that's pretty risky. I mean, did you feel like you were no taking doubt. a little bit of a risk there? Because I guess. Of course. Yeah. I was rolling the dice. <laughs> I was rolling the dice, but. Uh, it, it it felt when I when I met this guy, we had this three hour conversation. Right. I couldn't sleep that night. You know, I felt this energy like like if I go ahead and and do this and get on page with this guy and go ahead and, and roll the dice and make this move, I'm gonna be on a, a it's gonna just be this lifelong quest a never-ending quest you're about to start it if you do this because i'm for sure going to chase my money and figure out what the heck i'm right. doing you know and uh of course it was risky but it was also very exciting and then you know after getting my first samples i got my first samples um it was like when you you've been watching black and white tv and then you see color tv the first time so and these you're samples, like, wow. you're completed, like your completed pair of jeans, like you're. Yeah, they didn't even fit me at the time. I was <laughs> in Miami and they, they couldn't fit. The samples didn't fit, but I had them halfway up my legs walking around, sure, talking, yeah. walking through the clothing section, just looking at what I had on my leg and what was in the store. I'm like, mm -hmm. yo, this is this is real stuff. But I, I didn't even know at the time, you know, I didn't know what I had. I just knew it looked good, but and it's still a long, it it's a long way to go from, you know, even that far of getting that, those samples to, to where you are now, you know, having that space. Mm -hmm. So, so what happens in those couple years, uh, clearly you, you liked what you, you had in your hands there. Yeah. Um, 
Honestly, it was. Uh, <laughs> so when I started, that was 2016. We're in 2021 okay. now. Yeah. It was five years of of just guessing, hoping that at some point this was going to pan out. I, I, I had a whole lot of genes, but I was also still playing football. Sure. Um, yeah. It's not so like you're not busy. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't. You can't uh, do business 100% and play football. Football in and of itself, they, they they make sure that they take all your time. So, and it was nothing wrong with that. That's what, you know, I was born to do that. I knew that I was going to go play professional and, um, I, you know. Well, it's a I, question I, I have for you. I read an interview. You're like, you knew in eighth grade I'm playing D1. Did you have that same mentality when it comes to business? Like, if I'm going to do this. I'm not going to give it 10% or, or 99%. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not a, I'm not a half stepper, man. I don't, I don't ever want to feel like I'm half stepping. Like I did something and just kind of just did it just to do it. I, I like to take things all the way. And so, um, it's not necessarily, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew just like for me, uh, the definition of an athlete, what does it mean that I'm an athlete? That if I work at something long enough, I'm going to get good at it, you know? So I applied that same um, mentality to business. And my dad owns a business. He's a, he's a HVAC contractor. And that's what he's been doing since he came to this country when he was 20 um, from Jamaica. So um, I definitely just, I got that work ethic and uh, the mentality that if I'm going to do something, I want to be the best at it. I don't want to compete with the little guy. I want to compete with the best of the best. So, And that says something to me that you chose to have your business in your promenade. For anybody who doesn't know, you're at the promenade shops um, mm-hmm. in uh, Lehigh Valley. That says something. I'm sure you had the choice of places that you could go. You played in Boston. You say you're all over the country playing in the NFL. Why um, did you decide that the Lehigh Valley, the promenade shops, was the place that you wanted to set up? Um, I, I think that uh, I didn't necessarily make all the choices. You know, I, okay. I, I made uh decisions on what I thought I was going to do, but it really only worked out how and when God said that it was going to, you know? So um, me, even back being back in Pennsylvania, I grew up in Jersey. I was playing football in New Jersey, got drafted to the Giants. You know, they're based over there in in East Rutherford. That's where the stadium is. I was right down the street. I was in Seacaucus seven minutes away. Um, So I thought that Jersey was my base, because that's where football was. Yeah. But I was going through this journey with football where God was really telling me, you know, it's you had your time, man. You had your time. It was uh, 2017. I had a, a wrist injury. We're playing against I was in I was with the Chargers at the time. We were playing okay. against the Redskins. Um, it was, you know, near the end of the season. I'm running four-minute offense. We just, we had busted them up. And, you know, I'm running four-minute offense, got the yards I needed to get. And then um, I'm tackled. I'm on the ground about to stand back up. One of the defensive linemen came and, and jumped on top of me while my wrist was just in an awkward position on the ground. And I tore the ligaments in my wrist. So that injury is really what knocked me out of the league um, at the time. And, uh, I, you know, the, the, I could have came back, but I, I was also going through some personal issues. I was going through a, a divorce with my um, my first son's mom. And, um, you know, it was it was the injury. It was that back and forth dealing with uh, the negativity that comes from divorce and all of those things where I knew that it was really time to just sit down and. Uh, put my energy in another direction. So that was, that was, you know, 2018. So I knew that I had, uh, this denim thing that I, I had started a couple of years back. I wasn't able to really go hundred percent because of football, because of, you know, personal issues. So, you know, like I said, I feel like God was just telling me that it was time now it's time. And, and then even, even after that, 2019 came around and then the XFL was coming back. Nice. So, did you get a call or like, how, yeah, I mean. So I, so I was in, like I said, I was in Jersey. I was in Sea Caucus. They had a tryout that was right down the street from me. 
it was literally just a drive down the street. So right. I was like, man, that seems like like fate, you know, like it, I'm supposed to go. Why wouldn't I go ahead and see what happened? Um, so I went to the tryout. It was, of course, it was amazing. And I ended up getting drafted into that league. And we were playing uh, with the Houston team. So that was yeah. my first time back from uh, from injury playing on this team. And it was it was pretty good. It was all right. I've been through injury before. I know you don't get your you don't get your 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 whatever you injured. It never really comes back 100 percent. You kind of kind of find a way around it. So, you know, that's what I was doing. I was having a great time. and We were killing everybody. We were we were five and zero in that league. And um, then the pandemic happened. And then it like the, the league is. So, do you think you would still be yeah. hanging around there if the pandemic didn't shut it down? Um, probably. I mean, I, I can't really say. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just know that if, when I'm driving on the, on the road, I'm just I put the gas to the to the floor and I just go until I have to turn. So. That's really, you know, that's what happened. The pandemic happened. And at the, at the same time, I was still working on the other side with the denim because I was going the retail biz, the retail route first. So mm -hmm. in 20, 2019, I got into uh, Liberty Fair trade show. So okay. that's like a major trade show. I was sitting there with. Uh, there was a bunch of a bunch of there was PRPS was there. Um a couple there was a there, uh what was that one denham that's another okay. selfish denim uh uh company um there was a bunch of of guys i was sitting next to that was i was like wow i'm in liberty. so is that where like the the like the stores come and check out the yeah brand if they the, want to the buyers will right. come and get all the new seasons that the brands are offering so you know it was my first time out there um I didn't I didn't actually land anyone right away. Um, and part of it was because the retail scene had already started doing yeah. what it's doing. You know, so the volume of buyers walking through there was very low. I did end up uh, catching Dutil um, later on and they picked my stuff up for the 2020 spring season. So March, yeah. my goods arrived up there. And so I was like, all right. So I made it into a store I'm, I'm selling. Um, in in Dutille. that's a, a nice denim boutique in in Canada. I didn't land anybody in the U.S., but I'm like, all right, I got my foot in the door, and uh, and then the pandemic happened, so they were shut down, and so um, November they start opening back up slowly. I'm moving, you know, one piece a month, two pieces a month, but it just wasn't it wasn't really what they wanted. So they ended up sending my stuff back. The league ended up uh, shutting down, and so now I found myself back at home in Jersey. And, and this is in 2020, right? This is like a year or so ago, right? Yeah, this was this yeah. was not too long ago. Right. So 2019, we had the the, the tryouts, the the preseason, and then the season started in this, the late December, early January right. of uh, 2020, and. Um, you know, everything was cool. I was, you know, moving in Dutil. But then, they, you know, they were like, you know, you're not really moving that much out of here. One piece, two piece. You know, maybe maybe you want to think of uh, uh, something else. They were kind of telling me that they want to give sure. my stuff back. They weren't really trying to do it anymore. So, you know, that was that was on the on the retail side. And then on football, football shut down, found myself back at home in New Jersey. And I'm like, all right. So. Exactly. Football. It, it's I, now I, I tried to go back. I went back this time and the pandemic happened. So, God, he shut that door. Retail, it's not an injury. Yeah, if it's not an injury, it's something else. Right. Exactly. And then with the with the on the, on, on the clothing side, retail is saying, no, we, we're, we don't we don't want it. So I'm like, all right. So maybe now it's time that I should just go ahead and really, really do it for myself. Maybe I should open up my own store, you know. So I started, uh, and, and the last thing that happened was I had to sell my townhouse. That was really the last, uh, the last thing that I had to do to really be finished with the divorce was sell the house. Sure, sure. So sold the house. I moved back to, to Pennsylvania. 
you know um my dad still lives out here so he's All got right. a you know nice house on the hill apartment in the basement me and 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 my wife and my son i'm remarried so i really like to roll the dice yeah i appreciate it man oh this is the right one man i i've uh, we've known each other for going on uh, 11 years now so right. um definitely had to find a wholeness and support for me to really be able to open up my creative side again and you know once i was settled out here i started doing a local campaign so if you if you look on the wall you see uh it's it looks like it's supposed to be like an adult comic book you know what i'm saying so these are just some canvas prints that i have and they sort of tell a story you know on this side i know you. you took those too yeah yeah so you can see local faces local places this is in bethlehem i actually went to school yep. with, with keely and so um That's right in the courtyard there yep. yeah yeah girl meets guy <laughs> mingle roll credits you see yeah Pops it's a out. hotel, right? Digits, yep, I can tell. Uh-huh. I know that carpet anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to just uh give my shop a little bit of a different feel because you know, I, I came over here, I'm looking in the and I'll get to it, but just talk a little bit about the store. I want the store to really be like uh like a museum to a certain extent you know what i'm saying okay. or, or where the the person they come in and they have to learn why they're going to come and pay so much more for uh, uh something that it looks like i'm getting across the street well one you got to try it on because it's not going to fit the same this is a unique fit which is why i needed to open my own space and then um two the fabric is it's very different. It doesn't behave the same. And you buy these, you're not going to have to buy them again next year. They're going to look better next year than they do right now. Yeah, I was watching a video. Like you were saying, like it's different somewhat. Like it's got a little bit more stretch, or it's got it's got no stretch. Okay, yeah, no stretch. Sorry, it's got no stretch. No, no spandex, but you know, cotton. The the yarn does stretch to a certain degree, just not the way that. Uh, an elastic will, you know, it'll contour. So I got these jeans on right here. The way it, 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 you see, it's just fitting my body. It looks like I, they're custom, but that's only because where the tension that I'm putting on the fabric here, they expand here, but it, then it takes some of that, some of that extra slack from somewhere else so that you actually get a contour effect and the fabric is going to take your form over time. You know, so that's what you get from 100% cotton. You don't get it from spandex. You, 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 you have the spandex in the denim, and now you're showing off the curves of your knees, and that's not that's not handsome. You know, you need corners and creases and edges, and you get that when you when you keep it 100% cotton. Well, you're. I mean, and you, I know that you kind of got on this road because you were an athletic guy and you wanted that fit, but this isn't just for that style of body, you know, it's, nah. it's, more, right. it's for anybody who's even got, who's looking to, to have more appreciation for their clothing too, I would think. Right. Right. It's the fit is, it's not for athletic people. It is, but it, anybody the right between the waist size 28 and 40. And if you are uh 250 or below, they're going to make you look good. You know? Okay. I mean, um, I'm in there, so I can. Yeah. By. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please come and check it out. So I, we didn't talk a lot about, you know, your time in the NFL, but I, I mean, it, it hasn't been that long. It's not like you've been out for 10 years. Do you, yeah. do you still watch? Are you still a fan of the teams that you played on or, or how is it for you every Sunday? All right. Well. Uh, I, I am definitely a fan of players more so than teams, and I've always been like that. I do have a, a special place in my heart for the Giants, but they also put a hole in my heart because I was drafted there, 
it, yeah. you know, it's like your first, your first girlfriend, your first real pretty girlfriend. So I'm drafted there. I'm like, all right, I'm going to be here for a little while. They're going to give me some time to develop. Coughlin brought me in and mm -hmm. Coughlin, you know, he, I don't know what happened to him in, in, in Jacksonville, but in New York, he, you know I'm saying Coughlin time. And, and everybody respected that. And I had a lot of respect for that. Not had, I have a lot of respect sure. for Coach Coughlin and, and the way that he ran his program. It was very professional. And, um, you know, I, I would have loved to stay there the four years, but also going to Cali, it happened at the perfect time. I needed to get up out of the situation that I was in. And um, I did because, you know, you go from the professional East Coast vibes to the West Coast. The relaxing. weather's a little better, I, I, I think. Man, San Diego <laughs> was lovely. It's I, never I, a bad day, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, but um, the, just the, the West Coast and how they ran their program over there and me being by myself, I had the, the, a lot of uh, freedom, especially because I was playing over there with Melvin. Melvin was their first round running back. And, you know, they were so more, much more focused on him that mm -hmm. I had space to really develop my craft without the pressure of, oh, man, like we're seven. You and don't have the whole weight on your shoulders, right? You, you could, yo, they, they, they because I mean, when is. you come don't to a team. Wrong. Yeah. When you come to a team, you have to go someplace that really, like Tennessee, you see how Tennessee, they got Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry, what he is now, he did not come into the league like that. But mm -hmm. they invested in him and crafted him and shaped him until he is now just this, ooh, he's a bad man, you know? Yeah, I actually have a question here that, from, from YouTube. I have a question about Jonathan Taylor at the Colts. What do you think about him and what he's doing this year? Yeah, look, because they, they gave him a platform right. to go ahead and do that. And he's got an offensive line that they know how to really set him up. You know, the running back, you have a, a running back that you, you first you got to be able to get into a flow. You know, once you get into a flow, you get a little bit lathered up. You start seeing how the, the linebackers are flowing, whether they like to skate this way and that way, or if they shoot in the gaps and then what you need to do to uh, adjust. So you got to be able to get in the flow and the, they have to trust you and they got to feed you. So it's sort of, it's just like this, uh, it's a clock. It's some kind of mm -hmm. clockwork. That once you get everything spinning the right way, the running back can really do what he does. And then once you go from the first quarter to the fourth quarter, if you let the running back do what he was supposed to do, Hey man, you can really take advantage later because they're beat up and your running back is right. supposed to have that stamina and endurance. And me, what I know about myself, what made me specialize in running back is my body is just very dense. So I had uh, a special knack for knocking people over that it didn't really make sense sometimes, but it happened anyway. You know, that works out. So what, do you have any like favorite NFL memories? I mean, were there any games that for you stand out or whatever? Like, I, I don't know. Like, is there anything that you look back on and you're like, no matter what, they can't take that away. That was a great. Game. <laughs> um, I got a lot of, of, uh, memories, I guess my first, um, my first NFL, uh, start. I remember my first NFL start was against the, the Eagles in Philly. And I just, that was the first time I realized how nasty these Eagles fans yeah. are. Man. They, they I'm send sorry, I, I'm one too. I feel bad. I'm not that type of fan. <laughs> Look, man, you guys sending your kids <laughs> to the game to cuss people out. That's not good. It's rough. Yeah, yeah. but um, that that was a, a good memory, that first start. Um, And then I, I, we, I, I forget uh, what part of the game it was, but I ran a power play to the right and the hole opened up and I just destroyed Malcolm Jenkins. I tore him up. Um, my first hundred yard game was against the Titans in, uh, in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And it was a rainy game too. It wasn't raining, but it was, the ground was wet and they had the grass field. So I had to put on the long cleats and I was so, uh, you know, 
uneasy. It was my first time putting on the, the long cleats for the yeah, season. Exactly. I, I wear those claws, yeah. and those are really good for turf, and that's what we played on. So I was like, dang, I got to change my cleats. I don't know what I'm going to do today. And it ended up being my best game. So um, a lot of things, man. My, my biggest knock coming out of uh, college, I had a 2,100-yard season with, with right. zero uh, receiving yards. You know, they didn't they didn't throw the ball. to. They didn't really throw the ball that much, but they definitely didn't throw it to me. You know, <laughs> so, you're busy. You're busy running it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was I was running it. So uh, that was my biggest knock was uh, I, I can't catch the ball. And then, you know, ended up having um, I had over 100 yards rushing. That, and it, that ain't nothing crazy. But going from zero to to 121, catching the ball from Eli Manning, my rookie season. You know, I take pride in that, too. So, um. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing just how many – and, you know, one thing I think is important – I don't know how much you think about it. You are, again, not – you're not out of the league that, that long. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's important to have kind of the mindset that you had? You talked about using your signing bonus to invest in your future. Do mm-hmm. you think – I mean, I, I'm sure that there are players who don't do that. Do you think that that's <laughs> an important thing to, to do? I mean, we've all heard stories of, of that not mm-hmm. happening. So – you know, I don't know. Is it something that you try to, if you, if you talk to any young players, you're like, hey, man, take a second and uh, talk to somebody? Yeah, see, I don't suggest that people do what I did because I didn't ask anybody <laughs> any questions. Sure. I kind of just. And it hasn't uh, been easy either. I mean, you're still grinding, you know? No doubt. I'm grinding right now, but. You know, at this point, it, it it looks good enough for people to say, damn, that thing might really be real because it is, you know, mm-hmm. but it's it it was hard work. And and not just that, it was suffer, struggle and sacrifice, too. So um, I, I, I would I always suggest that people um, figure out what they're passionate about, you know, not necessarily what. Uh, makes the most money, what the mm-hmm. trend is, what somebody else said that they should do. They have to figure out what their passion is. And part of the way that I understood that was that you have to really define what makes you happy. And, and I think that human happiness in and of itself is simpler than we make it out to be. If you eat good food every day, you're going to be some measure of happy. If you sleep comfortably at night, you're going to be some measure of happy. Mm -hmm. You get both of those things, you're doing all right. If you get to eat food every day with somebody that you love and care about, you're going to be really happy. And if you get to sleep every night with somebody that you love and care about, oh, that's you got the four pillars of happiness right there. You're going to be happy regardless of whatever else is going on in your life. I did figure that out because there was a time when I had a, a, a lot of money. I had a lot of money, but I wasn't happy. The money didn't make me happy because I had too much going on. You know what I'm saying? That's so I, I, I realized what, what happiness was for me. And then once I realized that what I was happy, then I got bored in my moment of boredom. I got creative and then I figured out what my passion was, what I really like to do. And it's it's really beyond clothes, but clothes are they're significant. You know, the first thing that we decided to do when we ate the fruit of knowledge and evil was to go put on some clothes. Right. So that must mean something. This is our oldest technology. So. It's it's pretty cool to me to uh, pick it up now in this time because we uh, we have to figure out how to uh, how to revolutionize everything that we're doing for 2021 is still looking like we still live in a 19 something. Well, yeah, this whole year has been kind of like stop and start, stop and start. And mm-hmm. like, you, can, you know. Talk about the NFL, all those games that are moved to uh, Tuesday, you know, for mm-hmm. more COVID. It's probably not going to stop this week. So, yeah, it, it has been frustrating. I'm sure for you it's been very frustrating. Yeah, I mean. To a degree, I can't speak for you, but just in terms of your, your, your business. Yes, yes. But that's also, you know, that's as a society and we, we got it. 
change up a little bit. We got to do things a little bit different. It's not mm-hmm. going to work the same way that we've been doing it. It's not going to work. No matter, no matter how, it doesn't matter how much time passes, unless we change and do something different, it ain't going to work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So even, even with clothing itself, and, and not just clothes, even with the gas that's coming out of the cars, you know, if, mm-hmm. if the gas that came out of the cars had a color and we saw how much gas was in the air because we're burning it 24-7, people would probably do something different. Yeah, they probably put together some connections and say, damn, maybe if the air was a little bit more high quality, our lungs would be a little bit stronger and we wouldn't be succumbing to uh, all the nonsense so easily. What I'm saying? Yeah, no, I'm I'm not the only one. There's people in the comments saying preach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But even even with the clothes, too, it's an old technology and we haven't revolutionized it yet. I'm looking at these things on the on the Internet, just like new technologies, even with mm-hmm. the battery sure. cars. I'm, I'm waiting for the battery that, that ain't going to take me, you know, 300 miles before the next charge. What about 100,000 miles before the next charge? Yeah. You know, this, even cell phone batteries, too. Like they're, they're talking about when is the one that comes out that you don't need to charge for a week? You know, that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. That's why I refuse to pay over $1,000 for a phone because it's the same phone that I was buying five years ago. So right. why, why would I pay more for it? When they start shooting out holograms, I'll think about $1,500. You're, yeah, you're probably not that far off. You're probably holograms. It's, it's probably on one of them. Yeah, we need to get there, though. We need to get there. And just like the clothing, too, we got to get to a point where we say our clothes are not something that we just uh, – pick up we like it for the moment and then we throw it away because one there is no uh infrastructure to recycle those fibers that we throw away and then two it takes a whole lot of energy manpower water electricity resources to create those clothes you know so mm-hmm. if we understand that we should be okay with paying a little bit more for some clothes that are going to go last longer and they're going to do less damage when we actually make them. And they have something to them. I don't know. Like if I, when I yeah. buy a pair of jeans from you, which I will, yeah. this is something to talk about as, as well. You know, it's yeah. something to be kind of proud of. To, to yes, make. absolutely. Absolutely. And it, that's what I, I, I learned uh, when I got into the selfish denim too, is that it is, uh, there is for sure a denim community and those guys are, they're a group oh, yeah. of artists in and of themselves. Sometimes they take things a little bit too far, but um, I do r- respect the artistry to it and what they taught me about these jeans, uh, like the pair that I'm wearing. Yeah. I'm going to fade these out. These are the, the Tom Ross, you see? So what I'm waiting for, these lines here, these things, they call them whiskers. I'm waiting. Look look at my back pocket. You see where my notebook is? Yeah, I see it. <laughs> you see that outline? Yep. I want that light blue to start appearing back here in the honeycombs. And that just takes time, right? It takes time. It takes time. And you have to take care of it a certain way. You got to wash it a certain way. You got to avoid the spin cycle. You know, and it's let almost those like a naturally... baseball mitt, you know? It's like you gotta yeah. work that hand in you. Right? Yeah. Different Denim and leather are the two special materials that change over time like that. They so, really absorb that beating. So let's talk a little bit as we as we get to it here. I, I'm just bringing up your website. Is, is there anything uh, you want to talk about? Like as you I mean it's it's Christmas season, obviously. If people haven't um, been able to check you guys out yet, please visit uh-huh. Promenade Shops in Center Valley. But, I mean, is there anything going on that you want to talk about as you, you, you finish up the holiday season year and head into the new oh. year? Right. So um, our in-store offer, I have a putt game that my father-in-law gave me. All right. <laughs> here it is right here. Oh, see? Wait. That's the hole. Are you going to come back? All right, go ahead. Go ahead. So the putt game, it's the in-store offer that you get, right? You got to hit it from there to the carpet. Here's the carpet. So you can see the hole down there. Sure. You know, if you get a hole in one, 
get a hole in one and, and it's not impossible. Five people have won so far. If you get a hole in one, you get a pair of Tom Ripes or Brad Ripes for free. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, so, you gotta account for the because that's on tile there. You gotta account for like the the um the yeah. edges there on the squares. You 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 can't you really just have to ignore the edges and the squares. Act like they're you just not gotta there. line it up and, and yeah. just roll with it. All right. Line it up, hit it straight. It falls off to the left, it falls off to the right. So if you hit it straight and you don't put too much juice on it because it's a fast runway, you will get the hole in one. I get at least 10 shots a day. I try not to leave That's without good. getting 10, you know? So do you think too, like this is just me talking, but I, I think your store is something too that people should just check out, you know, just in terms yeah. of it's maybe a different style that you're not used to, or yeah. you haven't tried, uh, you know, high quality denim. Just go in and, and give it a look, and, and maybe it is yeah, something that you, you can should, learn more about. You should, because if you really look and see, uh, self salvage is not something new. I'm saying right. all the jeans were made like that and from the beginning, 1873. That's another reason why I picked denim is because it is truly American, you know? That that's a just a US patent that uh that created that. And so everybody over here loves it. But you know, you should go and see what it's really supposed to be like. You know, I saw this is off kind of talk. I remember seeing a, it was a YouTube video or a documentary about these guys who will buy the old Levi Strauss like they found in gold mines for like thousands of dollars, like the first pair of riveted jeans, like when they put the rivets in there, they sell for like thousands. It's some crazy, crazy money. It doesn't really make sense, but you know <laughs> the the market for salvage denim is like that. You know, yeah. GD. That's why when I went retail and I was offering these jeans at three hundred dollars, it's a three hundred dollar pair of jeans. This and if and if Tom Ford had this fabric for you, he's offering it at a thousand twelve hundred dollars for sure. Yeah. If you go to Double RL and go look up uh, some salvage denim, that's going to be four, five, six hundred dollars uh, right. for for this salvage denim. So it definitely is. Uh, a higher quality fabric and it's it's for a reason i don't know if it needs to be that expensive but that's why i'm offering mine at uh mm -hmm. you know the raw denim starts at 125 150 for the medium distress washes and 175 for the heavy distress so um like I, I you said you're buying you're up. buying stuff that's going to last a long time look good yeah. and feel good and right. buying that quality right 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 and and then you know anything that uh is on the website that's you know, that's right out the storehouse. So I can send that to you. Everything is in stock. And um, yeah, I got the shoes on offer, the running man's in, in black and white. I have the DK Shin denim, which is the his and hers uh, um, denim. That is uh, the moto style, Japanese salvage and stretch. And uh, of course, I have the all weather workers and travelers. If everything goes as planned and I can get... Uh, you know, some product moved out of the out of the the back room in the next couple months. February, I want to be able to bring new styles. All of these fabrics that you see on the table here are mm -hmm. on tap for next season. I've I've milled them already. You know, so I just need to bring them across the ocean. So um, I want to get into tops. I want to get into jackets. This fabric here. This one here is, is going to be a denim hoodie. Do you help out with some of the design? Like, is it something where you give some I, input on that? As as far as the styles, definitely, okay. you know, what do I want to do with each fabric? But I, I have a, you know, a, a design team through my agency that helps me sure, uh, put these things yeah. together. I'm excited about the double black. I want to bring the double black. So, um, you know, I need the, I need the, 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 the valley to come stand up yeah. and get these things so we can bring some new stuff. I also oh, have some uh, flannel too. I'm saying I have some flannel too that's uh, so I uh, I'm connected through my agency to you know all of the mills out in Japan. So if yeah. you want to get great fabric, you're going to go to Japan or you're going to go to Italy to get it. I, I, I'm connected to where I, I'm the flannel that I want to bring. These are the same uh, patterns that are being offered to uh, Burberry, 
you know, those that that same level of fabric. Right. But like I said, I want to be able to offer it at my price, you know, and do it in a way that is just a little bit different. So and, and local. Uh, and, and like you said, like the Leah Valley yeah. should come out. We got, you know, it's great to celebrate somebody who's had so much success and can is bringing that back, you know, and, and is, is saying, hey, you know, I'm going to put my stamp on this area and, and take a run at it. It's awesome. I appreciate it. Thank so listen, uh, Andre, thank you for, uh, you, uh, I took up like an hour of your day. I appreciate that. I know you're a busy guy. Um, we had a, a, a bunch of people watching. Um, wait, I had one. I just want to bring this up. I don't know if you'll know this. This guy, Brian, who I know, he said he thinks he played with his oh, cousin, Hainoski. Yeah. yeah. Hainoski. I definitely played with him. That was my rookie season, man. That's fantastic. He married a beautiful girl and, and bought a big and built a big house and settled somewhere in New Jersey. I hope he's doing good. Well, we'll pass that along. That's great. So, Andre, again, seriously, thank you so much for taking some time off today. We're going to put this up as a podcast as well. Thank you, everybody who, who watched. And be sure to uh, head out to Salvage Denim. Thank you so much for having me on. One more huge thank you to Andre Williams. Check out our show notes for more about AW Selvage. Get yourself over to the Promenade Shops in Saucon Valley. Um, there is a video component of this. If you want to hit our show notes, you can see the video. There were a couple times in there where he was showing some things in a mirror. If you want to see that, you can do it by clicking the link. Thank you again to our sponsors, ArtsQuest, Michael Bernadine with Howard Schaefer and Associates, and Molly's Irish Grill and Sports Pub. Your support allows us to continue to do this, and we're looking forward to doing a lot more in 2022. If you or your business or your organization wants to get involved or wants to be on here with us, uh, give us a message. We're at LV with Love on a lot of platforms, or you can uh, hit us up on email, info at leivalleywithlovemedia.com. I'm George Wacker, the host of the Leah Valley with Love podcast. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Looking for a bigger home? Find Mike. Looking to downsize? Find Mike. Looking for a home in the Poconos? Find Mike. Looking for your very own bat cave? Find Mike. When looking to navigate the Lehigh Valley real estate market, the first move is to always find Mike Bernadin with Howard Schaefer and Associates of Remax Real Estate. He can help you build the right game plan to achieve all your real estate goals, whether it be a home with 10 bathrooms, a home with a large garage to park your Tesla or vintage Ford Pinto, or just something perfect for you and your family. Finding Mike Bernadine is always the best way to go. So, what are you waiting for? To make all your Lehigh Valley real estate dreams come true, all you have to do is find Mike Bernadine with Howard Schaefer and Associates of Remax Real Estate.